This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello and welcome to another Monday episode of It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You with me, La La La, Let Me Explain. And today I want to talk to you about ghosting. I am actually a bit thick because I should have timed this for Halloween, which was just very recently. But ghosting is actually prevalent every day of the year, so it really makes absolutely no difference. And the reason I want to talk about it is because ghosting issues are one of the biggest themes in my inbox. I get messages on a daily basis from people who are hurt and confused after being ghosted by people they were interested in, and sometimes even ghosted by friends. Ghosting really can apply to all of us. I think most of us have experienced it. Ghosting is a term used in the dating world to describe when someone just suddenly cuts all ties and communication with the person they're seeing. They don't politely explain that they've lost interest. They just stop replying or unexpectedly block on all platforms. And anyone can be a ghoster. It's not specific to any gender or age group. Though ghosting didn't really happen as much when I first started dating in the 90s. I mean, people would still do it, but it was pretty much impossible to ghost back then because your lover would just ring your landline or turn up at your house. We date differently now, you know? We don't have house phones and we probably don't know where they live. Though one of the worst ghostings I ever heard about happened before the dawn of social media. My friend's mum had been living with her partner for 17 years. There were no issues as far as she was concerned. She came home from work one day to find that he had gone. All of his belongings, including the TV, everything he owned or had paid for, had gone. And his phone was switched off and that was it. He never came back. 17 years. I just can't get my head around what the fuck he must have been thinking. Modern technology and social media mean that nowadays we have access to more means for finding people, but we can also remain far more hidden. We can cut people off at the touch of a button. Dating apps have led to a much more casual approach to dating. We used to invest more time and effort into relationships because you didn't know when the next one would come along. But now people are bolstered by the ability to swipe and find someone new instantly, and it's created a sense that potential partners are disposable. If you haven't been ghosted at least once in the last three years, then you definitely haven't been using dating apps because ghosting is the norm now. People rarely say goodbye anymore. They just leave you on blue ticks or they reply with singular lols or other one word answers and they hope you'll get the message. Ghosting can happen at any time to anyone, although it's more common for it to happen in the early talking stages or after a few dates. But as I said, I know people who've been ghosted following 10, 15 year relationships. It can come completely out of the blue. 
And when it happens, it hurts. It leaves you in such a state of stress with unanswered questions, jumping every time the phone goes, hoping it's them, and watching their last scene status on WhatsApp intently to establish if they're still alive. It is very hard not to internalise it as meaning that there is something wrong with you. So I'm going to tell you about two of my ghosting experiences that I guess give you two different sides of the ghosting coin. I chose these stories out of multiple times that I've been ghosted because I guess they show you that, yeah, you have the right to be pissed off and this is really awful, but also sometimes you really don't know what's going on for people. So here are my ghosting stories. So my worst experience of ghosting happened about eight years ago. I met a seemingly lovely man on Tinder. His name was Marcus, and he seemed like major husband material. And he was clear that he was looking for a long-term relationship, and I was fully up for exploring that as an option with him. The first date went really well. There was no doubt in my mind that we'd have a second. Messages and FaceTimes continued after the date, and we arranged to meet a few days later for dinner. We were going to a nice restaurant, and so I made an effort and got a blow dryer and a new outfit. I was buzzing to see him. He messaged me at six to let me know that he was just dropping his son back to his mum's and that he'd pick me up at eight. It takes a good two hours for me to not look like I've just awoken from a coma, so I started getting ready immediately. At 7.45, I got a text from Marcus telling me that his son had fallen off his bike on the way to the car and had smashed his head on the pavement, and they were now at A&E. I was disappointed and slightly fucked off that he hadn't told me earlier, but I didn't begrudge him at all. If you're dating a parent, then you have to accept that their child must come first at all times, no questions asked. Marcus and I arranged to meet a few days later and it happened again. This time his son's mother had apparently got stuck at work and wasn't able to collect him and so, disappointingly, our date was cancelled again. I couldn't begrudge it, he was clearly a devoted dad, but I was becoming really irritated by it. We carried on talking nonetheless. It was close to New Year's and I'd made a loose plan to go to a house party that I didn't really fancy. So when Marcus suggested that we spend the night together, I was fully up for it. He said he wanted to make it up to me. He said we'd have a major blowout night, party, stay at a hotel, have a mad night of fun. He asked me to get the tickets and he said that he would book the hotel and I did not hesitate. On New Year's Eve morning, Marcus and I were messaging back and forth. He told me that he was going to be tied up until 2pm and that he'd call me then to confirm times for when we would meet that night. 2pm came and went and I didn't hear from Marcus. I messaged him at 3, but it didn't get read. I had a blow-dry appointment at 5 and I needed to know what was happening, so at 4 I called him. His phone was off. I then called him approximately 117 times and his phone never went back on. I had my hair blow-dried just in case, like a fucking clown. And I sat there for the rest of the night with the most volumized, bouncy hair and nowhere to go. I was gutted. Don't even get me started on that £80 I'd spent on tickets. What kind of devilish, fun-killing psychopath purposely ruins someone's New Year's Eve like that? They only happen once a bloody year. That one properly upset me. I blocked him, of course. I didn't want to hear the explanation because I would probably not have got the truth anyway. The truth is highly likely to be that he was still with his son's mum and that he never really was single and that he only went on Tinder for an ego boost. Whatever the reason for why he didn't want to link up, the part that I found the most confusing was why he didn't just tell me. (laughs) 
There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Know that fizzy feeling you get when you read something really good, watch the movie everyone's been talking about, or catch the show the internet can't get over? At the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, we chase that feeling five times a week. We talk about the buzziest movies, TV, music, books, and more. From lowbrow to highbrow to in-between, catch the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. And another ghosting experience that I had is with a man named M. I don't know what he was doing on Plenty of Fish where I met him. He was far too perfect for Plenty of Fish. M was my type to a T. He had the most beautiful face, a kind and smiley face. His face made me smile. He was not a fuckboy. He was deep and intelligent, spiritual and insightful. He was a feminist, a socialist and a junglist. Think shy effects, not Borneo. He was charming, bright and witty. He was everything I could have ever wanted in a man all rolled into one beautiful looking package. I thought the universe had delivered me my soulmate for sure. M was a senior stockbroker for a large firm in the city, but he wasn't about that life anymore. He had a passion for boxing and he'd made the brave decision to pack in his job and pursue a career after doing well in a few amateur fights. He had only recently left his job and he was focusing hard on training for his first professional boxing match. He didn't live that close to me and as we were both busy, we decided to have a virtual first date on Skype. The date went on for eight hours. Neither of us got any sleep. We had so much to talk about. And if we hadn't both been shattered, we could have gone on for hours more. You know, when you just click. We carried on having Skype dates every night for a couple of weeks. I was becoming deeply attached to M, and I hadn't even met him in person yet. He had a lot going on. And because he was training for a fight, he was on a really strict regime and diet. But we were desperate to meet each other. So he decided to have a night off. As we were both foodies, he wanted our first date to be a nice restaurant that neither of us had tried, so he took me to Sushi Samba. It was the most relaxed, easy, love-inducing, feeling-provoking date I've ever been on. I felt hit M, and I knew he felt me too. As we were walking up the stairs, a guy passed us by and said to M, you are one lucky guy, mate. And he said, I fucking feel it, mate. And that was one of the best moments I've had on a date ever. We went for a drink after, and that was when we kissed. We were alone in the smoking garden, and he took the opportunity. His kisses were perfect, gentle and passionate. It felt like he meant it when he kissed me. He put me in a cab at the end of the night, and he told me to get on Skype when I got home. And so, things continued for another few days, all good, still mad intense, even more so since we'd met. Sadly, M's father, who lived abroad and who he was very close to, had fallen ill. His dad was flying in to see a doctor and Em was anxious and worried about it. Our interaction had kind of died down once his dad arrived, which I completely understood. Em texted me the morning that his dad got his results and told me that it was very bad news. I texted him back with a supportive message and told him that I'm here for him. I thought it was best to give him some space. It's nice to know that people are thinking of you when you're going through that big stuff, but it can get annoying to receive constant, how are things, texts. 
After about a week, I sent him a, hey, how's it going message? And he gave me a short reply. I could feel the vibe was off, and so I didn't pursue the messaging. His boxing match was coming up, and I knew that he was really trying to be focused on that. So with that coming, and his dad's illness, I was not offended by him not wanting to talk too much. But it did kind of upset me a bit. I wanted to say, I'm that girl who can support you and make it easier to get through times like this. I understand your need for space, and I'm not trying to crowd you. I just want to make you happy. But I didn't. I think if I was going through some stuff, I would have wanted to see more of him, not less. But everyone's different, and I respected his reasons. I was holding out hope that I'd get an invite to the boxing, and I was disappointed when I didn't. After the fight, I messaged him to ask how it went. M didn't have WhatsApp, and all of our communication was on text, so I couldn't see if he was online or not. M didn't respond to my text, and I thought that was rude. A few days later, I messaged him again. I was fucking feeling this guy, and I had the distinct impression that he'd liked me too. So I texted him and told him that I understood the circumstances, but that I just wanted to know what was going on because I was feeling mad confused as to why things had so drastically changed. And he blanked me again. A few days later, I sent a final message just saying, fuck you. He'd hurt me. I unfollowed him on social media and I moved on, baffled as fuck. I always thought about him on and off, but I had too much pride to contact him again. He knew where I was. About two years later, I had a dream about him and I woke up with him on my mind. I couldn't stop thinking about him for two whole days. I remembered all those feelings I'd had for him and how it all ended so weirdly. I rang his number as I still had it in my phone, but it wasn't in use anymore. I put his name in Facebook to see if I could message him on there, and I looked at his profile picture as soon as I clicked on his page, and I forgot how beautiful he was. I wanted to read the comments underneath to see if there was any indication that he had a girlfriend. And I cannot describe the gut-wrenching feeling that ran through me as I read, R.I.P.M. The most amazing man on the planet. I cannot believe you're not here. I miss you, mate. The comments went on. M had died. M had sustained an injury during the boxing match and he'd fallen into a coma in the ring and later died. The tragic, tragic irony of that, that he had left his job to find freedom doing what he loved and it had killed him. Nobody should die young, but M was one of those people where you really felt there was a big future ahead. This was a loss to the planet. He was one of the few people that made this world a better place. He was a Buddhist and he lived by his teachings. He was just a pure love. And I'm so, so sad that he died. I'm so, so sad that he died and not one of these violent, disgusting, criminal waste men. After reading the news, I spent two days in a state of shock. I'd sent him a text saying, fuck you for not replying. I felt awful and guilty and sad and devastating and I felt gutted that I hadn't Googled him at the time. I hope that M is reincarnated into the happiest, most peaceful life imaginable and I hope that my reincarnation meets up with him or maybe we'll meet up in heaven. Who knows? It depends on what you believe. All I know is that I felt like we were soulmates. And I'm sure that that extends outside the physical world that we live in. Rest in peace, Em. I hope we meet again. Texting to say fuck you isn't entirely unreasonable if they're actually alive. If you think you've been ghosted, then there is nothing wrong with calling or double texting to try to get an answer. 
But if you've asked them outright and they don't reply, then it is probably best to leave it there and to accept that the universe has done you a favour by removing a weak individual who lacks emotional intelligence and basic respect from your life. You do not need to know why they ghosted in order to get closure. Closure comes from accepting that some people are just not meant for us and that their reason for ghosting is not a reflection on you as a person. There are a billion reasons why people ghost. Their ex returned, their mental health got low, they got diagnosed with gonorrhea and didn't know how to tell you, you gave them the ick, they felt suffocated, they lost their job, they were struggling, their secret wife found your number and deleted it, they were never single in the first place. It could literally be anything and often it really has nothing to do with you. Sometimes they're dealing with stuff that they just don't feel like they can share or they believe that ghosting is actually better for the person they're ignoring because they aren't hurting their feelings by telling them that they don't want to date anymore. A lot of people think like this, men especially, they do do this thing of like, it's actually much better for me to just totally blank her rather than tell her the reason why I've gone off her. But whatever the reason, you should not take it personally. It is far more of a reflection of fault within the ghoster than it is the ghostee. Move forward knowing that if it was meant to be, it would have been. And I do feel like a broken record when I'm talking about ghosting because there just isn't that much more to say than it really fucking hurts. It's cowardly and cruel, but there's also sometimes nuance to it. We can speculate on the reasons, but we'll never really know unless they tell us. The facts are that it hurts, it's shit, but we just have to simply accept it and move on. And really remember that it's not you, it's them, and it's their loss. And that's it. That is it. There is no magic wand that I can give you to make ghosting feel any better. We just have to feel less alone by knowing that it's happening to so many people that it is just a sad part of modern day dating and that nine times out of ten it's not you it's them okay well there we go i don't know if i've made you feel any better about ghosting but maybe made you cry and well that's probably a good thing cry it out enjoy the cry smash a few plates get upset feel the hurt, experience it, and then move on. And remember that they were definitely a fucking idiot. They, they can't believe they didn't want you. You know what I mean? You're a spectacular buffeting, and that's the end of it. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'll see you again on Wednesday. I love you loads. La, 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 let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production. <laughs>